This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Guys, uh, Juju did the thing again. No, I've I've tried to stay away from Juju's antics, so no, I have not seen what you haven't about seen to this. You haven't there. heard about this? No, no. Call okay. me Bob Labriola, man. I'm not hearing any of it. You're tuning it out. I have he to. He went on the Michael Irving podcast and he made it clear who the second team was in his free agent frenzy, if you want to call it a frenzy. It would have been Kansas City, is what he said. And he went on to say that Andy Reid was texting him pictures of Lombardi trophies to try to coax him. I want want receipts. I need to see those texts. Into Kansas City. You don't believe him? No, I do not. I kind of, I don't know. See, here's where I kind of fall on the side of the tracks that I fall on this one. Why would you lie about that? I mean, why in the world would you lie about something like that? Because... Anytime you make a lie about that, I think the other person can call you out. But I'm not here to split hairs about whether he's lying or not. I'm here to split hairs about if it is true and Kansas City was your second option, why wouldn't you go to Kansas City if you were Juju? Why wouldn't that be the more attractive place? Patrick Mahomes, I know you're not going to be the number one or even the number two threat. but Yeah, do you think it's ego that he needs to be number one or at least in the Steelers' I don't know. Steelers' perspective, at least consider the number one because there was no real number one. I don't know if that plays into the effect of it, but all I do know is that if he was going to take the amount of money that he ended up taking with the Steelers, why not try to take maybe just a million less or around the same to go play for the Chiefs, a real contender? Yeah, I mean, so that's what doesn't make a lot of sense to me is why would you choose Pittsburgh over Kansas City? Right? Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I think that's a a valid question, and and I think really what this boils down to is what we've been saying all along. This boils down to Juju wants to get his numbers so he can leave in free agency next year. That's what this boils down to to, for me. Um, Yeah, I mean, like we've talked about, if you play for Kansas City, you have a realistic shot to win a Super Bowl. You have a realistic shot to maybe be a part of probably the most potent offense in the AFC, maybe in all of football. Um, But I think Juju realized, how many numbers am I going to get if I'm the third option or Mm -hmm. if I'm the fourth option? Maybe not all that much. Maybe not to the extent of, hey, if I go back to Pittsburgh and Jacob, to your point, they they view me as you know a, a number one. That that's how they considerable view, number one. That, yeah. yeah, that's how the Steelers view Juju Smith Schuster. Otherwise, why bring him back? Um, and I think Juju realized if I come back to Pittsburgh, I'm going to get the ball. I'm going to get my catches, and you know what? I, I'm going to end up leaving in free agency regardless whether I sign a one year deal with Kansas City or if I sign it with Pittsburgh. And if I put up better numbers in Pittsburgh, I'm going to get more money and I'll leave in free agency after this year. Yeah, Kellen, I think you're spot on with that. I mean, he could get the one-year deal with Kansas City, but you still have a Goliath standing in the NFC and Tom Brady and 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 the Buccaneers. So it's not guaranteed a Super Bowl win. So maybe you wait another year. Maybe Brady gets another ring this year and then he decides to hang it up. I don't know. But yeah, I mean... I think Juju's thinking to himself, I can stay in Pittsburgh for one more year and then get a big deal from another contender. What if it's it's not going to be Buffalo because they just went out and signed a guy uh, opposite of Stefan Diggs, but it could be another potential Super Bowl candidate. And I would, if I'm Juju, if I'm smart, now we don't know how smart Juju actually is, but you would take the bigger deal with a contender over a one-year deal window with Kansas City who didn't even win it this past year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, He did go on to say that 
he wasn't going to go play for a rival. That's why Baltimore wasn't his but second option. Kansas City's not really a rival, but they're still a they're still an opponent. But see, this is where I lie with Juju. Like, why does it matter if you go and play for a rival? Like, who cares? You know what I mean? I like Jacob's uh, point too, though. Like, it's not like you're going to the NFC, though. Right? Yeah, they're a formidable a foe in I know Kansas it's City. Not a historical rival like the Ravens, but. As far as modern times, you're trying to win a Super Bowl, you have to go through the Chiefs to get uh-huh. there. But my point is, is like, again, I think J- Juju's trying to be the good guy in everybody's eyes. Oh, I didn't mm. want to go play for Great a rival. Point. I couldn't do that. I couldn't hurt the Steeler faithful if they were going to give me. Bro, bro, no one cares. Like, if someone's going to pay you more money, like, why are you in debt to the Steelers? You know what I mean? That doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, I again, this just goes to my point that. It seems like he wants to stay in Pittsburgh to make himself seem like the good guy. Then when he leaves next year after Ben retires, he's like, well, I wanted to be here. See, I came back for a one-year deal. Like, I don't know. I just think it's – I think he made a mistake, to be quite honest Mm. with you. Like, I think if you do go play for Kansas City, again, you have a legitimate shot to at least go to the Super Bowl. A much better chance than you would with Pittsburgh. Right, absolutely. I think that's a no-brainer. And on top of that, if you do play well, I mean, Kansas City is going to figure out a way to get him the ball if he's there. Right. I mean, I don't know at what capacity, but they seem to utilize this all isn't of James Washington saying, oh, I got a text from Andy Reid. I'm, I'm that <laughs> <Right>. great. <laughs> but I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs, they figure out a way to utilize all of their guys offensively in, in some way, shape or mm-hmm. form. I mean, we ha- hell, we saw Le'Veon Bell ran- run for 245 yards and two touchdowns, and he- we all think he's kind of washed up. Yeah, that's my point. They they figure out a way to get them uh, at least some touches and to get involved in the offense. I think he made a huge mistake. I really do. Um, although, granted, you know, we've talked through it and we see why, you know, he makes a mistake because he's not going to be in Pittsburgh long term anyway. Sure. And again, I think he's just trying to make himself look like the good guy. Yeah. I mean, Steelers fans, don't fool yourselves here. Do not do not drink this Kool-Aid that Juju was trying to to feed you. He I think Helen's spot on again. I mean. He may have just, he may not have gotten these texts from Andy Reid, but it's possible the Chiefs were his second option or maybe the, the biggest factor that he was considering other than, or location considering other than Pittsburgh. But he's going to feed Steelers fans that information because he wants to be painted as the good guy. It's, it's good for his brand. And quickly, too, like I know, you know, there's that whole negative stigma about the Pittsburgh and everyone's jumping on Juju or whatever. And everyone says the Pittsburgh media just continues to pour fire on this story. You know, Pittsburgh media isn't the only place that's saying this stuff either. You know what I mean? I was listening my on my way into work today, listening to a show on CBS Sports Radio. Listen to that. They were talking about the exact same thing, saying Juju made a mistake here. Why would you go back to Pittsburgh? But because it's been said here in Pittsburgh, you know what I mean? Like the media is. We the, look is, like we're rotten fans yeah, and, or, and, or no good. And, and everyone's and trying, to, yeah. trying to push Juju out and, and we don't value how good Juju is. Like, no, Pittsburgh media isn't the only people that are questioning this move. Like they're not the only people saying, eh, mm-hmm. did you really need to bring Juju back? It's, it's a story nationwide. That's Kellen Gersky. Jacob Rex spoke before him. I am Tom Offerman. And this is Steelers. Standard, this is another quote from Juju on the Michael Irving podcast. Being home with the Steelers is the best. It's ideal just for me, you know. I think what really people didn't get to see a lot is later in my career, because I dealt with injuries, I played mainly slot. And coming back and playing outside more this year and showing people that can be a number one and having Ben back healthy and me being healthy and just having the team that we have. So there it is right there. You don't want to go... 
to Kansas so City probably in his mind because he sees Pittsburgh Kellen kind of like you said at the beginning of this episode. He sees the best opportunity to get those numbers Absolutely. in Pittsburgh, being a number one, playing the outside. Play the a lot outside, more. sure. And, and I mean, let's be honest here. I think we can all agree that Juju is best suited in the slot. He, he's best suited right. inside, not outside. He has some of the best numbers across all receivers lined up in the Absolutely. slot. Absolutely. Yeah. And and here's the thing. Like, by the way, if the end of that quote didn't really sound like English, with you know, playing outside more this year and showing people that can be a number one and having Ben back healthy and me being healthy. That's just what the quote says on NFL.com and what I'm reading sure. right here. So it's not me reading things. Wrong. It might be a type that who knows, up. but I need to clear that up. Not <laughs> but, me. That's what all I know. Um, but the thing is like, you know, Juju saying he's going to play outside and he can be a number one wide receiver again, goes to the point. Like, why did you, why, why did the Steelers bring him back? Because we've all us three in this room. And I think it's really the theme nationwide when you when anybody that talks about football knows juju's better suited in the slot yeah so why you know is he talking about being an outside guy being a number one wide receiver when everybody knows that he's better suited in the slot and on top of that you have three other guys that you're at least two other guys that can play outside the numbers and juju can stay in the slot again it's there's kind of a disconnect there i think like when you look at this team and you look at the steelers and you look at juju like He's best suited in the slot. So why is he talking about being a number one wide receiver and playing outside the numbers? Again, it's because he wants to inflate his own numbers and then leave in free agency next year. I, again, I think he said it himself. Like, I think he said right there in that quote what his intentions are next year without actually saying what his intentions are. One more thing that he said that I kind of agree with. Actually, before I get to that, let's get to what he said about his teammates and talking about him dancing on the logos. He said that mm-hmm. Vince Williams, Kim Hayward, naming those names specifically, and a lot of the other guys were supportive of him dancing on the logos. I don't buy and, that. Well, I also think that— as Maybe every- Vince Williams, but don't say don't throw like a well, captain out there like Cam Hayward's not going to be a part of that. Let's pump the brakes here. I think this could just be a little bit of selective timeline hopping by Mr. Smith-Schuster here. Maybe at the beginning of the season, when they were winning and going 11-0, he did have stamp of approval from guys like Cam Hayward or anybody in the locker room because they were all having fun at that point. Also, there wasn't the dancing on logos at that point. point, Once you get to the Cowboys game... Was it, is it Bengals confirmed game. that it was the Cowboys game? It was the first time he's done that? On the logo? Yeah, I think I'm so. I'm not sure if I can confirm or, that, but it makes a lot of sense just thinking about Terrell Owens history, yeah, right. doing it or, and just trying to replicate Smith, right. that. I think that was the first time that it was... I don't Televised. know if it was the first time that he's done it, but it was the first time that it, it was, was... made a big deal. Made out. a big deal, right. absolutely. And then, of course, it happens again in the right. Bengals game, and he gets absolutely rocked in yeah. that game, and the Steelers end up... Probably, I'll put my stamp on... the the most embarrassing loss of the season mm-hmm. out of the five losses that they took last year. Would you, would that be fair? The Bengals loss? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I mean, Washington was the Washington first was loss, a better team but it was a better Cincinnati. team. I mean, Washington w- had a quarterback at least, and <laughs> they had a great defense, right? So I think it might've been a little selective there saying, yeah, they all gave me a stamp of approval. Probably with everybody was winning, but I'm sure yeah. that a lot more people were saying in the back of their heads, need to cool this off yeah. more and hopefully next year there'll be a little bit more of a vocal Control. thing going on where you know players will feel more encouraged to speak out against stuff like that right. i think that's something that needs to happen in the locker room for the pittsburgh steelers but one more thing uh on juju and this will kind of bridge into what we'll talk about to wrap the episode up he did say he would be happy with the steelers taking a guy like Najee harris from alabama 
but he also said he wants the Steelers to take an offensive player with their first round pick. A little selfish coming from an offensive player himself, honestly, but he's absolutely right, right. there. He did he say any offensive player or he did say yeah. he the only name he named was Najee Nine. Harris, but he said regardless, he hopes that they take an offensive player with the first pick in the draft that they have this year. And that's a hundred percent spot on. They have I don't to... know if that's selfish of him to say that. No, it's not. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. We're kind of piling on the guy now. But yeah. he is a hundred percent right. They need to take offensive. And the name that he named is a name that's building a lot of steam towards the Steelers, I think, as we get yeah. closer to the draft. It's just a matter of if he's gonna end up falling to you when you pick a twenty four overall. Yeah, and, and I think I think Juju's right in that regard. Like I think you do have to make a or take an offensive player with your first pick. It's either going to, you know, in a perfect world, it's going to be either a running back or an offensive lineman, one of the two. Um, I think he's 100% right. And, um, you know, I hope that maybe with him saying that, that seems to be the theme maybe, um, you know, with the players or maybe that's something that they've been talking about or maybe it's something that, not that the front office is letting them know who they're going to draft, but I think that, that, that guys that are on the team right now have a pretty good sense of, you know, what the idea is going into a draft or, or what they believe. And, and normally the players have kind of the same beliefs as the coaching staff or it trickles down. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with Juju there. I think they do need to get an offensive player first. And it would be great if it's Najee Harris. But, you know, the more and more we talk about it, I think any of those three running backs, uh, I think it's, you know, it, it's going to be either way you go, it's going to be a positive. Yeah, definitely. And going back to what Juju said about hoping for the offensive player in the first round, uh, again, I don't think it's selfish. I think it's good that he can identify that despite. The need. Right, yeah. right. And this, you know, the team overall had whatever record and whatever playoff loss, but it would be kind of alarming for me to see Juju say, well, I don't really care what we get in the first round, you know, it's just going to be a first round talent. He identifies that the offense was not nearly as good as it should have been with the pieces that it had. I mean, James Conner was, was built to be a starter and that didn't work out, but Ben's a hall of fame quarterback. You had Juju, you had Deontay Johnson and then rookies sensation Claypool. And you bring in a big guy like Eric Ebron to bolster up the tight end position that often should have been a lot better. And it was great early on, but obviously we saw it lose a lot of steam toward the end. So I think it's kind of a good thing that Juju can selfish, selflessly say, hey, I, I know we weren't great. I know there's room for improvement here. And I'm talking about, you know, maybe even myself. He's, he, he didn't expressively say, oh, Juju Smith-Schuster needs to get better, but the offense does. And so I think it's a little bit of – I'm not giving him all the credit in the world for saying it, but I think he deserves some credit for saying, oh, everything is perfect. Why are we touching the offense? Yeah, and I put a premium on the running back position mm -hmm. whenever I think about the first overall pick. But you don't think it's possible? It is possible, but one. No, no, I'm just saying that one could fall to the second round to 55. Oh, see, I that okay. So that really goes nicely into what my next thought was going to be. Najee Harris and Travis Etienne both go off the board, and it's kind of disaster. Do yeah. you take the risk of uh, Javante Williams dropping to that pick at 55? Or do you put such a premium on running back that you maybe risk taking a little bit of a reach there and, and drafting a guy that you know probably isn't a first-rounder and wouldn't be picked in the first round if you let him go, but wouldn't make it into the 50s in the second round where you're so then, picking? So then what do you do? You say you just take an offensive lineman in the first, and then 
You no, I'm get, saying you don't get do a running you, back, and no, I think I would maybe even reach a little bit and still take Javante Williams at number. I mean, I, I see Dale and Matt doing that every day, guys. Almost every day, they're still going Javante Williams in the first round. Yeah, I and think that's with Etienne and Harris off the board. No, really, that's no. interesting. I mean, I think if well, then he, if they if they think that highly of him, then it's, then you have it's, to. It's just whoever's left as you're taking him, and right? I think, I think at least it's one up, of them will be. They're they're very high on on Harris, and they're even higher on Williams. It's ATN that's kind of fallen a little bit. They've they've taken ATN in a couple of drafts just to kind of change things up, so they're not doing the same thing over and over and over. But it does seem like a three headed race. Uh, no longer just Etienne and Harris as the lead guys, and if neither are there, you have to make a critical decision. Do you reach on Williams, or do you just say, we're not going to address running back early on? I think the worst-case scenario is if all three are gone. Like If two of them are yes, gone, yes. you take whatever's left, whoever yeah. it is that's left at 24, and you're probably going to be happy with that, whether it's Harris, Etienne, or Javante Williams. I think you're going to be happy with that either way. But I think the worst-case scenario is... There isn't a running back left whatsoever, and then you have to do what you've done in the drafts for the last you know handful of years is um, you know take a running back in the third round or in the fifth round or whatever, um, and then if that happens, all of a sudden you know we talked about James Conner um, earlier in the week when we were you know when we were, when we sat down and recorded these like we talked about James Conner if that happens and if you don't get a running back in the first round and you have to wait until like the third or the fourth to get one. All of a sudden, James Conner might be the starting running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh-huh. in 2021. That's a very real possibility. What about the chances that the Steelers go O line in the first round and then they try to trade up into the sec, move ahead of 55 in the second? I mean, you could do that. Yeah. But, you know, there's no guarantees there either. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, I it's mean, a slippery slope because it, they it need is. both. And you don't, you don't want to reach if you don't have to, but I still think. You got this year, especially you have to. Yeah, I think you absolutely have to. And you know, if if you trade, if you trade up into the second round, you're going to be giving something away. And mm-hmm. we've talked about it a lot here. Like, you know, you're going. You have so many needs that you need to fill, and the draft is the easiest way to do that. I don't think you could mortgage picks away without getting something in return. And if you're, you know, trading up, most of the time you're not going to get a whole lot back. No, but. It's it's tough because we thought going into last year and even at the beginning of the offseason this year, the priority in the first round had to be O-lineman because of how, how much it's fallen and how many pieces it's lost and just overall quality has dropped. But every day that has passed, we've said it's got to be running back, and we, we've convinced ourselves more and more so. And I think it doesn't matter which guy is there. Even if it's ATN, who it seems that – Dale and Matt are the lowest on right now out of the three. You still got to go one of those guys. I just did like five quick two rounds of the mock draft, and only one time did Javante Williams make it to where the Steelers are picking in the second round. He gets picked off a lot from pick 40 through pick 52. So Steelers picking at 55. The teams that are there that have snatched him and the couple that I've done, the Niners did at 43. Which makes no sense because they have – a gr- they have two good running backs. Yeah, I don't backs. know. The Patriots did at 46, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, the Cardinals did at 49, which makes sense. They just lost Kenyon Drake. And the uh, Bears took him at 52 yeah. as well. Bears doesn't make any sense either. They have David Montgomery. But it, at, but at the same time, it does make sense because who's going to be up for a contract soon? Yeah. And point. who's a potential running back that's first-round talent that just fell to them when they're picking that number 52? So uh, who knows? That's maybe how that's thinking, but... 
that stretch there is where he always gets picked up. There was one, though, that he did make it to the Steelers at 55. So it's a gamble, but I think yeah. it's a gamble where you really got thin, thin odds mm-hmm. to, to win that one. Yeah, I think that's going to be the situation that you run into is, you know, it is, it is going to be a gamble. And if someone falls to you in the first round that you absolutely love, you know, and you feel like you have to take him over a running back, okay, but don't bank on the fact that, that you know, Williams or even ETN or whoever is going to be there in the second round because most likely it's not going to happen. You can't get into a scenario where, yeah, you do, you bank on that, and then when you get to the second round, he's not there. So, okay, there's a corner there now that I kind of like. So you start checking that positional need box, and then third round rolls around, and there's other positions that are higher on your big board that you also need depth or maybe even a starter at. So you take that one, and then all of a sudden you find yourself – Without a starting running back. Right, and, and then you're going to call James Conner. Now you're calling James Conner. Now right. you're picking somebody that's maybe a Kenneth Gainwell that fell to the fourth round from Memphis and hoping that he you can catch lightning in a bottle there. Uh, but that's kind of the same formula that you went with Benny Snell, yeah. and that hasn't proven to bear any fruit. So uh, that's a huge risk that you want to play if you want to take that gamble. I think that it's an okay position to reach at if you're the Steelers, uh, the running back position if you're picking at the number 24 overall spot. Uh, that being said, if a tackle or a lineman fell, that is, you know, top 10 talent, maybe like a Christian Darisaw from Virginia Tech, that makes the decision a little bit tougher. Uh, I, I know that they would really be screwed at the running back position. And if a Darisaw fell and they were just in love with someone like that, Kellen and Jacob, that might force their hand to trade up in the second round, right. which would give up capital in the future. But uh, again, it, it all just depends on what goes down on that draft day. And I would say the only linemen that I would say are worth it to grab if they are there are Elijah Vera Tucker, Tevin Jenkins, or Sean Slater, because those are the guys that won't be there at 24 for certain. But if somehow they do fall, because I see Darisaw and I see Liam Eikenberg, and I see other guys around that area at 24 fall to the second round, and sometimes they're even there at 55. Not Darisaw. Oh, I think one, no. once or twice. Maybe it's, just, maybe it's just the website that they're using, but Matt and Dale have grabbed them in the second, I think. That's nuts. 55 for like who's projected to be the number like 14 overall prospect. That's pretty nuts. I don't know. I mean, I'm just telling you, it, it could be the website that they used that day because they use different ones because each website has different rankings. But I'm just saying at, at 24, you, there are only a handful of guys who would go – Probably in the top 10 or 15 that I would say if they fall to 24, those are the only three. Obviously, Penny Sewell won't be there, so I'm not even going to mention his name. But those are the guys that I, I would say, Tevin Jenkins or Sean Slater, and then Elijah Veritucker. The I, only, I would, only ones I would, I would say if they're throw, there, take them. I would Do even not throw hesitate. Rashawn Slater in the category of... I probably, said Slater. No, I'm saying of Penny Sewell. Like he oh, probably won't oh okay, okay, good like point, good point. So really just Tevin Jenkins and Elijah Veritucker are the only two. A guard, I'd take a guard and a tackle. I'd do Darisaw too, honestly. But and honestly, they've taken Darisaw in the first round. But I'm telling Vera you, Vera Tucker, I don't know about that either. A guard on top of a running back when you have, I, I mean, no, you have maybe center. the thought of converting him to center. But if you want to draft a guard, make him a project in your first year with your first overall pick with those running backs that are on the board. I think it's also stinks that you know there's three really good backs that are projecting to potentially be every down guys in the NFL, but. Other than that, it seems like it's a very thin class at the yeah, running I'm back not... position. It's not like there's these 
sneaky good guys in the third, fourth, or fifth round that have like recognizable names. Maybe the one that comes up is Trey Sermon from Ohio State. I was going to say Chuba Hubbard. Or Chuba. I was yeah. just going to get there too. Chuba Hubbard from Oklahoma State. Other than that, there's yeah. not really stars at the That's college level there. Uh, and, and Michael Carter was a, a second fiddle in yeah. college to Javante Williams this whole time. But he still so. put up big numbers. He did. That's 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 what Dale loves about uh, Javante Williams, sorry, is the fact that he put up all those numbers despite being in a two-running-back scheme with Michael Carter. They both ate. It's just Javante Williams ate a lot more. Because he was probably the better yeah. back. Yeah. What an but offense. But still, that. the fact that they were still able to put up big numbers – it's a testament to both of them because they were splitting so many carries. And that offense that Mac Brown's got down yeah. there at North Carolina for the Tar Heels. But Michael Carter, Kenneth Gainwell, those are the only other prospects that seem to consistently be ranked in the top 100 as far as running backs are concerned. And like I said, it would have been nicer if there was some depth to the class yeah. or if teams didn't necessarily need the top three guys in the class as much as some teams might be attracted to them because of their style of play because it would be great to maybe bank on the third round getting a running back that could absolutely be a starter just like you did when you got Le'Veon Bell in the second round and when you got James Conner in the third round so I don't think that's going to be the case I, I don't think that Javante Williams makes it too far past the 40 range as far as the overall picks are concerned. So nowhere near the Steelers in the second round. No, I don't think I don't think you're going to do that. And you know, you know, you did mention Hubbard and um, Trey Sermon. You know, you're in a murky situation too. If um, you know, if you go in and you're thinking, oh, well, it's okay if we don't get one of those top three. One of those two is we'll going to be there. Hubbard, yeah. But then again, there's right. only two guys. And then once the rounds get deeper, teams start going for best available and things like that. And then you're going to be really screwed if, if that's your mindset is we either get one of the top three, you get Hubbard or Sermon. Well, if none of them are there, then you're really done. Uh, you got to call James Conner. I don't think any of us want that to happen. No. I don't even know if you do call James Conner. No, I like hear you maybe there. Maybe you just go with uh, – I'm just saying hypothetically. Balge and Benny Snell. Yeah. And that's who and you McFarland. just to, Yeah. You just roll the dice and maybe – you know, Jalen Samuels, by the grace no. of luck, is going to make the team no. because you don't have any other options, though. Like if you if we're in that kind of a dire strait, I, I'm I'm using three running backs. I'm 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 getting right. I, I'm Not using one. the yeah. I'm using the 53rd uh, roster spot for somebody else. James Jalen Samuels is not making my team. That's going to do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. Thank you, as always, for checking us out. If you do it on Steelers Nation Radio, always love you on the radio side. But make sure you check out the podcast at Steelers.com. All of our episodes are up there, so make sure you give them all a listen if you haven't yet. You can download and subscribe to Steelers Standard on Apple or Spotify. On the next episode, we're going to keep it in the draft lane. We're going to do a little mock draft, but... Not just Steelers specific. We are going to pick the entire first round of the NFL draft, going through it as each team. No trades. Trades just make things a little too complicated. Trades gonna, are tough when you're dealing with all 32 teams. We're just going to keep it, Pat, first round, the order that it's in right now, and we're going to make the picks that we think these teams will make, and I guarantee you we'll be close to 0 for 32 whenever draft <laughs> is there Is there any around. way we could maybe do one trade and just say Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, 1 for 24? No. 
That's stupid. In fact, you're not allowed to pick for the first top ten just because <laughs> of such a stupid comment. But that's on the I'm next sure episode. Th- I'm sure the teens would appreciate the fact that I'm not doing the picking for the That's the top on 10. the next episode of Steelers Standard. Going to be a lot of fun, so make sure you tune in for that. For Jacob Brecht and Kalingerski, I'm Tom Offerman. We will talk to you next time.